hello, hello. Welcome to Kernels of Truth brought to you by Progress Kentucky. We have got a wonderful episode for you tonight. Uh, after we check in with tonight's co-host, we will do our Patriot News Roundup. We're going to discuss our fight with YouTube. Uh, we'll be bringing in Fayette County's Public Health Commissioner, Dr. Craig Humbaugh, to discuss the Delta variant, where our county and our region are in terms of combating the coronavirus. Uh, and we're going to finish with a little musical serenade from our friend Nato uh, while he plugs the Heartwood uh, Music Festival scheduled for this Saturday just outside Frankfurt, which he'll be performing at. Really should be an awesome show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and hey, you there on the internet, perhaps listening on terrestrial radio, uh, are you ready to help turn Kentucky purple? We know our Commonwealth has some work to do if we're going to beat back the tide of bad policy from banning critical race theory to giving our tax dollars away to corporate interests, from partisan gerrymandering to ignoring the climate crisis. If you want a Commonwealth that works for all of us, please join Progress Kentucky. It's easy. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you spend time on social media. Make sure to like and share and comment on our content. Uh, if you like what you're hearing from Kernels of Truth, share out the show. We could not make it easier for you people. Uh, Facebook, YouTube, every pod platform real humans use. We are there, just share. Uh, looking for an even better way to get involved? Hit up our volunteer link, send us your information so we can get your help for one of our organizing projects. Progress Kentucky's steering committee meets weekly. We have a few different committees you can join to help our all volunteer effort to shift, uh, shift Kentucky's political landscape by sharing the news and the information that we need whether through the megaphone of kernels of truth or through one-on-one -on -one organizing efforts, your involvement is welcome and necessary. Democracy is not a spectator sport, folks. We can't just sit back and cheer on Katie Ledecky. We have got to jump in the pool, but don't worry, it's heated. We've got you. But maybe you don't wanna swim. Maybe you're more comfortable contributing floaties, goggles, buying some swim caps. That's absolutely welcome as well. We've got a goal of raising $1,500 for our current organizing prog pro uh, project. We are still less than 20% of the way there. Uh, less than 20% of the way there. We have got some work to do on that one. So it's a good project. It's gonna make a difference. It's gonna help us shift the landscape, but we need some resources to do it. Please head to our uh, Act Blue website and consider making a donation. Uh, it could not be easier. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of shilling for Progress Kentucky. Uh, and now I'd like to move on to chat with our co-host, make sure you know who's, who's coming your way tonight. Who are you, where are you? What does your protest sign say? Because of course, we're not just some talking heads on the interwebs, we are a digital demonstration uh, and we have got some protest signs tonight. So I'm Aaron, I'm coming to you from Childsburg, a deed restricted community uh, as just as, as close to the growth boundary as you could possibly put a community uh, here in uh, Lexington. Uh, and my sign, and I have an actual sign, Ken, can I have a sign? Uh, it says, democracy ain't the Olympics. We can't sit back and watch <laughs> uh, as corporations lie to us uh, or something along those lines. Uh, it's hard to read because it's you know upside down and backwards. But uh, but yeah, that's my sign. Uh, and now I'm going to go to our wonderful co-host for the evening, our friend Denise Gray. Hey everybody, it's a joy to be here. My name is Denise Gray, and I'm coming to you from the north side of Lexington, actually from Rookwood, here in Lexington. And my protest sign says, which I don't have, I don't have an actual one. Uh, 
but it says um, support black women. Boom. Uh, wonderful. We got Doug Price, who's not with us tonight, but he is on the internet. His uh, protest sign says get vaccinated, which Truth. sad that that becomes a protest sign, uh, but I guess that's where we are in our society right now. Well, then hold on. Maybe I should go back and say wear a darn mask, okay? Simplicity. Also good. Also good. Yeah. Uh, and also, unfortunately, a protest sign these days. I know, uh, right? All right? Who, who would have thought? I know. Where are we in this crazy, crazy world? Uh, and next, Ken, Ken from behind the boards, who is doing what Kimberly tells him to do. <laughs> what did I do? I didn't. I, I didn't do anything. It's well, a, he's wearing a mask. I'm That's wearing right. a mask. I, do you I wear a mask in the privacy of your own home, Ken? <laughs> I don't want to transmit COVID to like through the internet. Maybe the variant will be like. Oh. So well, you sound like those internet. people down in the rural parts who refuse. <laughs> well, they don't believe it's real, so whatever. I believe it's very real. It's absolutely real. Uh, but my protest sign is a little different than normal. Uh, I don't have one. I wanted to be like everybody else, so I didn't draw one. And my protest sign is a, it's not really a protest. It's more like a, a salute because I think this person is incredible. Uh, Simone Biles is a hero. Yeah, and, she is. Uh, I I absolutely support her in taking care of herself, and for her to get to the level of of Olympia that she is, it's um it's amazing. And so, like, there's there's no question about it. She is a hero. Yes, for sure. Hero, and that's a wonderful, a uh, wonderful segue uh, into news of the week because we got to talk about the Olympics. There's just so much to talk about. And it's, you know, phenomenal, I think, how, uh, how much Kentucky is showing up for the Tokyo Games, right? So we have a couple of gold medals have already been won by folks with key connections to our fair Commonwealth. Lots more possible in the rest of these, you know, two weeks of international competition. Uh, but literally dozens of Olympic athletes have a tie to Kentucky. Uh, of course, folks have probably heard about uh, the first woman to win a gold in U.S. foil, uh, a discipline of fencing, Lee Kiefer, who's also a student at the U.K. med school. Uh, she attended Dunbar High School, and she beat defending champion, I cannot say this name, Inna Derglazova of Russia, uh, 15 to 13 in the women's foil finals. And apparently you need 15 points to win in a foil match because that's something I did not know. Uh, I love these sports that just came out of nowhere. Like, do they, I guess they actually do compete every single year, but, but yeah, I only ever hear about them every four years, I suppose. But uh, amazing, amazing effort. Also, Will Shaner uh, of UK won in air rifle. Best thing about Will Shaner, he lives in rifle, Colorado, uh, <laughs> which I thought was highly appropriate. Uh, but, you know, competes for UK, which is a national, uh, I think a national champion. And then another member of UK's shooting team claimed a medal. Mary Tucker won silver uh, in the pairs 10-meter uh, shooting. Uh, so that's pretty phenomenal. But yeah, over 40 athletes uh, who are competing have a Kentucky connection. I will say this, they're not all US connections. There's a lot of international students who come through UK and Louisville and all these different major programs uh, and then go home and, you know, uh, uh, represent their their home country in the Olympics, which is pretty awesome to see. 
but I am uh, I am pretty stoked about the Kentucky uh, efforts so far. And of course, when track and field kicks off, there's going to be a ton of Kentucky Kentucky connections to keep an eye open for. Uh, Sydney McLaughlin is the favorite in the 400 meter hurdles. Uh, really an amazing athlete there. And I'm going to say, uh, I think my favorite, uh, one of my favorite uh, stories though, in the Louisiana or the uh, Louisville connection to uh, to it athletics in the Olympics is a guy who's actually at his fourth Olympics. He represents the USA, but he does not compete. His name is Tom Neb. Uh, he's the mechanic for USA mountain biking. Uh, and there's rain in the forecast. So, you know, his job gets a lot harder, mud in the gears, lots more bike washing, chain replacements, cleanings, cable replacements, all that stuff. It really does take a village to keep these bikes running well uh, at the highest competitive levels. Uh, and it's really amazing. This guy from Louisville who, you know, started as a bike racer himself, he moved out to Colorado to like get in on, you know, the, the amazing mountain biking out, uh, out there uh, and now has his own store. And this is his fourth year, fourth Olympics coming to help the, the team, which is awesome. So uh, I don't know who else has a story or a sport that they're following right now or you know anyone else going kind of olympics crazy like me and my family or you guys just like nah not watching well i i have to confess something to you all today i have not watched the olympics what? i have not i watched the opening ceremonies and that right there was was fantastic with the drones and with drones. um the, the when they acted out the symbols that was athletic in itself but uh you know I've, I, I had a bad vibe about you know certain things like so much pressure on on our athletes and I was worried about how that might play out and yeah and the reaction the re possible reaction from that um but anywho's but I do plan to tune in to the track and field and to the diving portions for sure. What about oh, yeah. you, Ken? If you don't mind, I'm bringing you in here. When did the Olympics uh, become political? I mean, what, what, why is this a thing? I mean, that's, I haven't seen 25 minutes of the Olympics. I haven't I mean, seen 25 seconds. Let but, me tell you the history but of I'm politics. All sorts yeah. Yeah, I mean, back in the set, was it the 70s with the Black Power? With the, uh, was that the 70s or the 1968 or so? When um, silver, when we had two athletes who won medals who representing the United States raised their fists up and saying Black Power and protesting for the mistreatment of Blacks and African Americans here in the United States. They ended up being stripped of their medals and turns out the, um, the lone athlete that placed bronze or silver, I can't recall which one, he was received backlash because of that. He really did. So there's always been a little, little politics everywhere, politicking. They're doing that to- Tom, uh, Tommy Smith and John Carlos in the 68 Olympics. Um, and then, the, you know, the Australian guy who was yes. next to him. Yeah, he uh, had nothing Mormon. to do with it. He happened just, but he was ostracized by his country. and just for being there, I guess, for winning a medal. There you go. Uh, I, there was, I think there was a floor routine in gymnastics where a, a gymnast- Oh, the Black, uh, yes. Um, kind of Black Lives Matter, Black Lives uh, Matter. element to her program, really. And like, the soccer team, the women's soccer team. Taking a knee. 
didn't they take a knee? Is that right? Yeah. So speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, yeah. So, you know, I think I'll be honest, th these athletes to me are our true patriots, right? You know, yes. they're working hard to bring our country glory and recognition through the excellence of sport, you know, kind of a competition on a fair playing field. Uh, you know, let's not talk about Russia, right? Uh, <laughs> some folks, however, disagree, right? So Trump has bashed the women's soccer team. They cheering their defeat by Sweden. The men who cannot run up and down the, the uh, field anyways, but carry on, I'll let you go on with I'd the story. i love stories. to see him try to play soccer. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, or, you know, you know who play can golf play soccer? A cart. Can this guy even play golf without a cart? No. The governor can play soccer. He was a good soccer player. Yeah. Oh, you, you and say that. yes. Um, Bashir, yeah. No, he's fantastic. He was really quite a good soccer player. Was he better than you, Ken? Oh, we were on the same team, so it wasn't. You always know who's the better team, you know, player on the team. You always know. Because you, you attended Henry Clay? Uh, yeah. Oh. Carry on. Brian All right, so I think we've got a clip of, of Trump, though. Uh, yes, Trump, uh, Patriot Trump, right? Wokeism makes you lose, ruins your mind, and ruins you as a person. You become warped. You become demented. The U.S. women's soccer team is a very good example of what's going on. Earlier this week, they unexpectedly lost to Sweden, three to nothing. And Americans were happy about it. Americans that you're talking to, Trump, were happy about it. Uh, Americans cheering in your audience were happy about it. Uh, really just disgusting. You know, other conservative commentators have cheered the men's basketball team's loss to France. You know, shamefully, these folks have a very different view of patriotism. Uh, but I think our next story actually gets right at that. So, Denise, take it away. Oh, I've never heard of America. Well, yes, I have. Cheering when we lose. I thought it was USA, USA all day. But I guess not if you protesters believe in the First Amendment. Okay, moving on to this story. Over the weekend, everyone listen to this. I learned about an event slated to take place in Muhlenberg, Kentucky um, in September. Uh, this event is, according to the event's prom promoters, is set to be the, quote, the biggest Patriot rally of the year, a true reunion of we the people, unquote. So I guess you heard the dog whistles. Let's see. Um, the use of the words like big, Patriot, and stating that one group of people is somehow better than another. True American, right? Uh, this event claims to have confirmation from some of the biggest in far-right conservatives in this conservative realm. Um, names like General Flynn, Lynn Wood, oh, sister girl, Candace Owens, who is no sister of mine, um, Mike Lindell and many others who feel who don't feel that who I really don't feel the urge to mention um, get this also um, there will be top of the line musical entertainment um, from the top Christian and country singers all of whom I've never heard of and I listen to all genres of music 
Um, that being, okay. So that being said, if some of you in the middle of this pandemic have $250 of spare change, you too can purchase a ticket. And uh, word on the street is that you can purchase a VIP ticket for $500, just a little small chunk change. Um, according to the uh, promoters, um, they stated that they were going to have a population of maybe 50,000 people. I think some numbers are being far blown out of proportion there. Uh, much like our former leader, uh, these uh, promoters seem to have an eco, ego that doesn't match their intel intelligence levels because they could not spell Muhlenberg, you all. They couldn't spell the place they were going to go. But to all my Democrats and those who believe in all that's right in the world and have the common sense, I know that there have been some death threats on you all. So you all be strong in, th in the month of September. Be safe. What do you all think about this? Oh, roll that. Anyhow, this is... Uh... <clears throat> One of our top quality guns. And, Maybe uh, I'll find somebody in Washington, D.C. <laughs> Who are you? It's just, just a clip of Michael Flynn uh, making a threat uh, with this new gun that he received from this event. Well, my computer is all over the place right now, so I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, so yes, Michael so, Flynn. Oh, uh, is the show on? I think it is. We, Michael <laughs> Flynn in a church gets <laughs> gets an AR-15 or some other type of assault rifle. Pew, pew, pew. Yeah. Uh, and, Isn't that Christian-like? And says, maybe I'll find someone in Washington, D.C. to use it on. Are we, oh, like, are we, are we all, like, just aware of how horrible these these humans truly are these trump stands are they have drank the kool-aid they paid you know an outrageous price for the kool-aid because trump shook them down think about this event in muhlenberg county 250 dollars to hear the my pillow guy and you know kind of traitor traitors are us mm. it is truly phenomenal I, I will say this it's nice they're gathering in one place i think merrick garland should you know uh should go on and and check in on some treason charges you know mike flynn uh i think uh vinman uh lieutenant colonel vinman who of course was you know one of the key witnesses uh mm -hmm. in uh the um you know when we uh finally uh you know made it clear that trump uh was using his office to get political gain right uh two counts uh you know he fired you know, released from his, 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 his role there, uh, but, you know, has, I think, really found his voice. And he's writing a lot about, you know, kind of how our nation needs to proceed with some of this stuff. And I think he's, uh, you know, he's gone after uh, Flynn as, you know, it's, it might not be treason, but it's absolutely officer, you know, it's, uh, you know, behavior unbecoming an officer. So, you know, he could actually 
be, you know, they make the case that this guy could be court-martialed for his behavior, right? Because he's the one who said, you know, military coups should be explored, or there's no reason we shouldn't have a military coup uh, in the United States after what happened in uh, Myanmar. Uh, so yeah, the guy is just horrible. And, you know, he's going to show up in Mullen River County. I'd say, you know, meet him there, Department of Justice. And, you know, these guys need to be held accountable for their, their just seditious, you know, Flynn was, was one of the chief proponents yes. of the January 6th, you know, insurrection. Mm -hmm. uh, and these guys need to face the consequences. Like how many people have they arrested so far? Like dozens and dozens of folks have been arrested across the country. I think 500. You know, uh, nearly uh, or over a dozen from Kentucky alone, uh, you know, and it shouldn't just be so the folks who smashed the windows. It's, it should be the folks who fan the flames. And obviously exactly. with the January 6th investigation happening, now is the time, right? Especially, yes, yesterday's testimony was so moving. And so like, for me, it was for the people that claim to support the police, they're the biggest hypocrites because those lives on January 6th, those police officers' lives, will never be the same because of their criminal terroristic actions yeah. and they need to be held accountable from the top to the bottom don't just arrest those 500 i need to see those who were fanning those flames locked up and you know at the beginning in all three trump's campaign he stated lock her up it's time to lock him up and all those who helped fan those you know, fan those flames. We have people, you know where to find them. Some of them are going to be in Muhlenberg. So yeah, lock them absolutely. up. Uh, so uh, Patriots, right? Real yeah. Patriot rally there in Muhlenberg County. Uh, they'll probably boo, you know, boo some US athletes they disagree with, right? People who've actually sacrificed for their nation. Uh, but, you know, these guys are looking to just get enriched by it. $250 a ticket. Give me a break. Why are we, why are we promoting this event? I'm not exactly sure we're not promoting it i'm making people aware because i was did, like of all places why why don't you come to lexington or louisville did we you did you here. did you listen to that clip and you thought we were like promoting it we're like are we encouraging people to go no yeah. like we people need to know and people in millenberg maybe should like you know step away from millenberg for the weekend but but yeah this is definitely this i don't is, think we're selling tickets that's for mm -hmm. sure. which we the I, people I is this for which which we the people, people? like yeah. the one the ones celebrating the Olympic team loss, like the ones guilty about lying about Russia, the insurrection. I mean, it's, no, it's the or, real patriots what, who what think blue person lives is he matter, trying to assassinate? but call a cop, you know, a black cop, the N word, because they found out that he voted for Biden, right? Yes, like, that right there. When did it being a convicted uh, traitor become uh, patriotic? I mean, these right here are backwards times. And I heard yesterday, someone told me these are the end of the days, you know, when, you know, because opposite is up is now down, down is now up. Uh, Patriot is a criminal, you know? It's This is like newly, new, new, Nuremberg rally kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Over well, you know, up is down now. That's where we are, because actually our next story gets right into that. Uh, so if folks missed it on uh, social media, we had some challenges with the YouTube 
algorithm apparently uh, last week, although Ken has a different theory, but uh, you know, for now, I guess correcting COVID misinformation is misinformation in the eyes of YouTube uh, or you know, their artificial intelligence that scans their videos. So uh, Ken's guess is that we made Rand Paul supporters angry and they flagged the video, which, you know, I don't necessarily dispute that one because uh, the most traction we get on YouTube is when we have Rand Paul in there and it's his, you know, his supporters who uh, who love to push back uh, on our characterization of his, uh, his shameful behavior. So last week's segment highlighting that behavior, Fauci v. Rand Paul, with the quote of the season, Senator Paul, you do not know what you're talking about. Uh, it got our entire Kernels of Truth episode removed from YouTube. So disappointing both our followers and Rand's. Uh, but the move raises some very, I think, critical issues, right? So clearly, we've got to talk about COVID. Clearly, you have to set the, you know, we're kernels of truth. We got to set the record straight uh, when our politicians are misleading or lying, as, you know, uh, as Dr. Fauci basically accused Rand Paul of after Rand Paul accused him of lying to Congress. It was quite, quite an exchange. Uh, but the you know Kentucky cases are up as they are uh, they are all across the country you know 783 new cases I think day before yesterday the positivity rate is nearly eight percent which is where we were back in February uh, our cases are trending in the wrong way and vaccine misinformation is infecting folks it's killing folks uh, Governor Bashir is recommending schools mask up across the Commonwealth the CDC uh, is updating their recommendations. Uh, and YouTube has decided that countering misinformation is misinformation. That's insane. Uh, meanwhile, you got Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, Children's Health Defense. Uh, they're up. You know, they're putting out videos that are truly, uh, you know, uh, misinforming the public. Uh, thousands and thousands of views propagating misinformation about vaccines. Like that guy needs to be taken off the platform. If you, you know, if you reliably push misinformation, there needs to be accountability. Uh, at the Center uh, for Countering Digital Hate, uh, they did a, uh, some analysis of where uh, vaccine misinformation, COVID misinformation are coming from. 12 folks are responsible for 65% of the COVID misinformation circling the internet. Uh, and these folks still have profiles in good standing on a lot of these different platforms. So, I mean, if you are interested in ensuring folks like Rand Paul are called out on social media for misinformation about COVID, you can find opportunities to help spread the word uh, kind of on our Twitter feed. Uh, that's certainly an issue we're going to continue to pay attention to. Uh, and, you know, looks like the original video has been put back on uh, on YouTube. So last week's episode of Kernels of Truth is back in its kind of full and complete uh, form, which is okay. You know, it shouldn't have been taken down to begin with because there were no lies there. There was no misinformation there. Uh, but then, you know, uh, Ken wanted to make sure it was up there. So he kind of like stripped out the segment on COVID and then that got flagged and was taken down. So like, it's very confusing, you know, which even if you don't mention it, I don't know, it's, it's insane. So I don't, Ken, what's your, what's your take on it? Well, when our content was blocked, it was very confusing. So I, I, I'm like, why is it confusing? Usually the stuff gets blocked or taken down because we, we, we're using a clip from what somebody says somewhere about some random thing, like, um, you know, off of ABC or CBS, like one of the, like the, if, if we grabbed a clip from the view 
or, you know, I, I don't know why we would do that. Or there's some morning show, morning shows in the morning, they're very strict on, on their copyright claim. But this, the video said it was medical misinformation. So I, I presume that it was the clip of Rand and Fauci talking to each other because uh, that was the only medical information that we had in the video itself. I, I, I'm not a doctor, Aaron is not a doctor. Uh, I don't think we have any doctors as well. Maybe tonight we'll have some doctors on our show, but we don't have any doctors on our show. Um, most of the time uh, when the content is taken down, I know why. And it's usually, um, it makes sense. But this time, like, it doesn't make sense. And and I guess YouTube is cracking down. I know that Facebook is cracking down. Everyone is cracking down. And the reason I think it's Rand Paul supporters that are flagging us is just because, you know, they're the only people that interact with us on YouTube. So they, they just hit the flag button. And after it gets so many flags, it just... Uh, you know, it gets taken down no matter what, if even if it's correct information or not. And we do our best. I mean, I, I sit here uh, every every late Tuesday, all day Wednesday, fact checking and making sure that our content is is accurate. And I know that everybody else on uh, the show does as well. So I've I sent out appeal after appeal, and I think this will resolve in time. Typically, when YouTube uh, the algorithm picks it up it, and it does kind of work itself out in time, but it is scary, you know, that uh, I, I do feel like it's a censorship thing that we are being taken down, but I also understand that they're being more careful about the topic and the content that they are allowing, even though it'll take me three seconds to go out and find like misinformation on YouTube, Facebook or whatever. So. I don't know. But yeah, when 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 I pulled the clip from Rand Paul talking to Fauci out of of the the show, I I expected it to to go back on and and just be able to up, be uploaded fine and apparently because it has the keywords and the the codes and and such that it has um you know, they're they're being very methodical about about it. And so Working that out is is very difficult. Um, so yes, Aaron is correct. Uh, the video eventually, we got this note in the in in the mail saying that we reviewed the appeal and and uh, you know we made it right. But it's it's uh, it's frustrating for sure because we 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 have all these you know projects that we're trying to do. We're trying to get out the vaccination. We're trying to motivate people to get vaccinated and to, to go out into the community and and talk to their neighbors and say, you know, this is a problem, like with the variants and stuff like that. So it's, it is very frustrating um, as a content producers. Aaron? Yeah. So uh, yeah, thanks for that take on it. And to be clear, we don't get taken down frequently. <laughs> Ken was like, Ken, when Ken was telling the story, it's like, you know, he, he, when we get taken down, he knows why we get taken down. We haven't had a lot of problems with, you know, with our stream. It's definitely, uh, no. but yes. Uh, this is it, off of 20 years uh, or since right. uh, 2006. Yeah. I mean, I, I've probably had content that was taken down five times for copyright, never for medical 
misinformation. Right. It's yeah, always I just wanted to clear that for the record. Uh, Ken Ken knows how to avoid getting his material taken down, which is to not use long clips of copyrighted material for sure. Uh, but you know, there's also a fair use you know point. If we're a news show, we're talking about news. We can show clips of the news. It's what news shows do. Uh, but yeah, uh, at any rate, I just wanted to make sure we're all clear there. Uh, and thank you, uh, Ken, uh, for the diligence and ensuring that you know that the facts are there. Right? We are kernels of truth. We're not we're not looking to mislead anyone. Uh, we want to set the record straight. Uh, and speaking of, I think actually our next uh, guest is 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 all about that. So uh, we want to make sure uh, we want to make sure that you know the public uh, has an understanding of where things are. Uh, as you know, because we're not in a great spot. Lexington is reporting ten times as many COVID nineteen cases in July as we were in June. So we are trending in the wrong direction. And despite being one of the leaders in vaccination rates in the state. Uh, you know, the, things are not great right now. Uh, CDC, is, as I, we mentioned, has revised its, uh, revised its mask recommendation, urging even the vaccinated to wear masks indoors. And really, what do we need to do to get ourselves out of this troubling time? And that's why we're bringing our guest, uh, Dr. Craig Humbaugh, who is the Commissioner of Health for the Lexington Fayette County Health Department. Uh, Dr. Humbaugh, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thanks for uh, sharing some of your time with us. You're mute. Okay. Thanks very much, Aaron. Good to be with you all tonight. Yeah, we are. We're really glad to have you because it just seems like, you know, we thought we were kind of heading towards the light at the end of the tunnel. And now with this Delta variant, uh, it seems like a lot of that is in question. What's, you know, kind of what's your, what's your take on the state of COVID uh, in the bluegrass? Right. So uh, let me start out by correcting one thing that you just said. So yes, we are seeing a lot more cases but uh, where we get the 10 times is 10 times more. So we were reporting less than 10 cases per day, okay, in Lexington residents the first week or at the beginning of July. Now we're at the end of July and we're reporting 77 cases per day, okay? So that's the increase that we're seeing, okay, from seven cases per day to 77 cases, all right? Yeah, so that is but 10 times more cases. 10 times seeing. more cases just through this this month, okay? Gotcha. okay? All right, but not compared to last month, okay? All right? Just so, July. Right, so the increase has happened relatively rapidly over the last, you know, over the last uh, three to four weeks, the rate in which cases are coming in has has gone up dramatically. Okay, so that's that's the point that we want to bring home. And you know why is that? A lot of that is due to the Delta variant. I know we're going to talk more about that. Um, it's more contagious, and um, unfortunately, it's producing more cases in Lexington. But some of that is also because restrictions were relaxed about six weeks or so. Um, and there is more mixing um, and more less physical distancing going on. And then some people have been taking vacations to spots that are, have higher rates than we do. So, you know, all of that combined is producing um, larger numbers of cases here in Lexington. And we're actually right now on a par of case numbers per day, case counts per day, that's very similar to what we saw in late February and early March. 
And so you mentioned the Delta variant. Uh, do you, and I know that we don't, when you do testing for COVID, you aren't necessarily testing, you know, which type of COVID people are getting, right? So I don't know how much testing we're doing right now to figure out, uh, you know, uh, what's Delta, what's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but so what's your current est estimate? That's a good point. So when you get a COVID test, most of the time you're getting a PCR test. That's the gold standard that that people get usually get. So there's also rapid tests, but the PCR is the gold standard. And it's telling you if you're shedding vi COVID virus, okay, the virus that causes the COVID uh, illness. But uh, it doesn't tell us the genetic component of that particular virus or what strain it is. But the CDC is doing is and state health department as well. They look at or do surveillance in a specific random samples of different um, COVID positive tests, and basically they're sequencing those. And we know now that Delta is the is the predominant circulating variant both in the United States and in Kentucky. Now, uh, the traditional variant circulated for many months. Then the alpha variant, which many called the UK variant because it came from the United Kingdom, right? And it, it took over and was our predominant variant and now the Delta is. So let's talk a little bit about variants so that people understand, but they're simply mutations, genetic mutations in the original virus. And mutations occur all the time and we expect that to happen. The problem is sometimes they become variants that are more dangerous or variants of concern. And that happens when the mutation makes the original virus easier to spread. And that's the, the problem with Delta. Another concern could be that the variant is making people sicker, okay? In this case, we don't have at least yet evidence to suggest that the Delta variant causes worse illness, okay? It does cause bad illness, okay, mm -hmm. but we don't know that it's worse necessarily. And then the other reason we would be worried about a variant that might pop up um, is that it's less affected by the immunity that's produced by vaccines, okay? so. Most of these variants die out because they never become more contagious than the original or they don't produce any of these other bad things that we worry about. But when any of those three things happen, then that makes them variants of concern and more worrisome. And what's happened with Delta is because it's more contagious, it's just taken over as the predominant variant. And that will happen with all types of epidemics when you have a more contagious strain then it becomes the one that's circulating the most frequently that makes sense and then i guess one thing that you know makes it so infectious is that the viral load with with delta is what i'm what i understand and again i'm not a doctor uh seems much higher right so uh and that i think even if the vaccine is doing its job and keeping us from you know the vaccinated folks from getting sent to the hospital, right? So you might get COVID, but it might be very mild. You're not gonna be, you know, you know, uh, in most cases, right? I mean, these are 95, 99% effective, whatever, you know, so most of the time you're not gonna have the kind of worst case scenario for, for COVID. Uh, but it does seem like with that viral load, that means there can be transmission even if you're vaccinated. Is that, is that, is, is my understanding there correct? So 
you're right in the sense that evidence would suggest that people with Delta shed more viral particles. So then that can make it more potentially more contagious. And there's also some evidence so far, again, these are limited studies because we, Delta variant has just taken over, you know, recently. Um, the evidence is that the particles may be produced earlier in the illness. In other words, you have higher viral loads on day two or day three, as opposed to day four to day six. Does that make sense? And so that you're more contagious earlier on in the and normally people are contagious a day or two before they even develop symptoms. So, and, and that's what's been so hard. It's been such a major challenge is that we know that, you know, there's a certain percentage of people and it's not small that have asymptomatic illness and yet they're able to spread disease. And that's been the challenge throughout the last 18 months of the pandemic. Um, but to get back to your question, yes, um, the vaccines are very effective. They are um, the best tool we have um, against COVID, um, but they are designed to prevent severe illness and hospitalization, and they are still doing that very well, and they appear to be doing that very well against the Delta variant, okay? However, the Delta variant is, in some cases, evading some of the antibodies or immunity that's produced by the vaccines um, and producing mild, generally mild illness in some people, okay? So, um, but when they get that illness, then they can potentially pass it on to others. So just whenever people are infected, regardless of whether they've been fully vaccinated or not, they can produce viral particles that then can infect others. So I hope that's clear again, um, the, we're seeing there's a big contrast between people who are fully vaccinated, who are in the hospital, very small numbers versus um, high, higher, much higher numbers of people who are unvaccinated who are being hospitalized at this point. So, and those are what you would call uh, breakthrough infections, right? Those right. are folks who've been the, vaccinated but still right. Have. And and this month we're looking at about a quarter of our cases here in Lexington being breakthrough in, infections, but generally most of them are mild or asymptomatic infections. And I have a question here since I'm going to jump in. Yeah, but, sure. um, I've been trying to jump. Um, <laughs> but, it's the Olympics. Yes, this was the Olympics of questions attempting. But um, have have you seen or have we seen here in Lexington an increase in the hospitalizations? We have seen some increase in the hospitalizations, but we're not at levels that we saw at the height of the pandemic here in Lexington, which was December through, you know, early March. Um, so we have as many cases as we had in late February, early March, but we don't have the hospitalizations yet. Now, hospitalizations tend to follow um, a peak in cases because, you know, it takes a while for mm -hmm. people to get diagnosed, get in the hospital, et cetera. But um, our hope, and it, so far it seems to be the case, is that the because there are a certain there's a certain percentage of folks who have been vaccinated in Lexington that that's going to continue to keep our hospitalizations and deaths lower than what we saw during our peak here when we didn't have 
you know, vaccinations or vaccinations were just starting to be available to the public. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about vaccination rates because yes. that's really the key, right, to getting community immunity. And we're obviously not there yet because we're still seeing transmission person to person in Lexington. Um, so on one hand, we're doing well if we look at our coverage rates compared to other counties in Kentucky and in some other places, and not all, but some other places in the United States. Um, if we look at those that are the most vulnerable to uh, dying from COVID complications of COVID-19, almost 90% CDC, this is CDC's reporting, they say that almost 90% of our 65 and olders have been fully vaccinated. That's pretty amazing. So that is, that's really that's good fair. news and hopefully will help us lower the complications of, of COVID. Um, however, we're looking at about two thirds of our adult population being fully vaccinated and three quarters of our adult population having at least one vaccination right now. And that's not considered to be fully vaccinated. It may provide partial protection, but certainly with Delta out there, I don't think you wanna gamble on just having one. So, you know, it best to have the full vaccination and it takes 14 days after that for your body to produce full immunity from that vaccine. So um, uh, again, one, and we can talk about the different types of vaccines. Two of them require two doses for the full series. That's the Pfizer and the Moderna products. Those are the most common. The Johnson & Johnson product is the one and done. It only requires one. So after 14 days after that vaccination, then you're protected um, from your protect, you've built the protection from that vaccine. So um, I think we're doing well in certain categories of folks, but um, we still have a lot of work to do, especially in younger folks in our community. And um, of course, uh, we're trying to get um, teens vaccinated for back to school. Now, um, our 12 to 17 year old population, the only vaccine that's currently authorized for use for that population is the Pfizer vaccine. Um, and to be fair to them, it's only been available for this population since uh, I think the second week of May. So for a few months now, but as they, we look to them going back into in-person classroom learning, um, we want to try to get as many of those folks vaccinated as we can. And right now we believe only about a quarter of those, of, of that, of that age group have been fully vaccinated. So there again, they were late to the game, not their fault because they didn't have a vaccine that was really approved for that group. But now that one is, we wanna to try to get that group um, uh, higher coverage rates. Absolutely. So are there any, um, any set locations for the um, parents to take their, um, their children age 12 to 17 to get vaccinated? Yeah, so it's a great, it's a great question, Denise. Um, We've been talking about it a lot here at the health department. There's been a vaccination blitz or a vaccine-a-thon, shot-a-thon that's been going on at school locations. It started the first week of, um, of July at different school locations in 
uh, conjunction with Fayette County Public Schools, Health First Bluegrass, Wild Health, and other partners. Um, and then this week is three weeks later for the second vaccination. So it's being repeated all over the city. Um, but if people didn't get their first one the first week, they can come in and get that first one this week. So, you know, and if family and friends want to come in, you know, at all those sites, uh, they're welcome to do so. The other place to go is on the city site. It gives a list of places that you can can get vaccinated. We have a link to that on our webpage, which is um, www.lfchd.org. That stands for Lexington Fayette County Health Department, or you can go to lexingtonhealthdepartment.org. Excellent. That's great. And so tell us a little bit about the, so you got the poster behind your shoulder oh, there. Wait, man, one more thing this. I have to say that Please. we give vaccine, all three products here at the health department. I was I'm waiting for you to say at that. The health department. Now I can't, I've got to shamelessly promote our own vaccine. I was uh, waiting for that. Here. But Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you can call in the, and get a same day appointment. Okay. To get whichever, Wonderful. whichever brand you're comfortable getting. Right there on Newtown Pike. Perfect. Uh, and then, yeah, so the Let's Do This campaign, I see the poster bit, uh, over your shoulder there. What's that all about? Yeah, so the idea is, you know, to promote vaccination, that vaccine is uh, the best tool, as we said before, um, that it's safe, um, that it's an eff effective, um, especially in preventing hospitalizations and, and deaths. Um, and um, we really need everybody to, to be vaccinated. Uh, we need a level of community immunity where we can stop that person-to-person -person transmission. As we talked about before, we're, we're not there yet. Um, so we continue to try to promote you know, everyone getting, getting fully vaccinated at this point. Absolutely. And there's a lot of misinformation. We talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, you know, folks right, like Robert Kennedy Jr. who are spreading a lot of fear and distrust. You know, the folks like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram who are constantly raising questions about vaccination. You know, there's a lot of just swirling internet rumors uh, about it. What are the things that you have heard or are there specific, you know, things that you would like to just make sure that we set the record straight? Uh, things that, you know, are popping up more often in Lexington and in other areas? Anything that you know? Well, again, I think we've talked about some of those things. So we, I think we have to be honest that no vaccine is 100%, but when they're over 80%, that's pretty darn effective. Um, our flu vaccine is usually about 50% each year, and we advise people to get that because they're you know, twice as like less likely to get sick than the next guy who didn't get it, right? right. Um, so yes, they're not perfect, but again, they're the best tool that we have. We have other tools in our toolbox. We were using them before the vaccine started. We'll be using them after, you know, we'll continue to use them, but the vaccine is our best tool. Um, there have been some rare uh, side effects reported. Uh, the media has talked a lot about that. We acknowledge that that's, that that has occurred. But remember, there have been over 300 million vaccines given uh, in the United States, um, and these are uh, extremely rare. The vaccine is definitely your best bet. It's uh, much more of a risk not to be vaccinated than to be vaccinated. So the benefits of vaccination far outweigh the risks of the vaccine. 
one thing I've heard just even in my own kind of personal family life, uh, folks who have had COVID previously before there was a vaccine uh, and are saying, look, well, I'm not going to get the vaccine because I've had COVID. So I've got natural immunity now. What's your what's your take on that? And there can be some protection definitely from natural immunity, but the vaccine boosts that immunity. And so it's recommended that everyone, regardless of whether they've been um, they've had COVID or not, um, be fully vaccinated. Um, and we just don't know reliably how much natural immunity is gonna produce, you know, be produced after COVID. Um, and it may depend on your immune system and the case that you had. Um, and that's somewhat true with the vaccine as well. We know that, you know, uh, immunocompromised folks are, you know, less likely to have the type of response that somebody who has a fully operating immune system has. And that's one of the problems is that, you know, vaccines, we, we still have to be aware that there are folks like that in the community who may be fully vaccinated and yet they still don't have a huge immune response. Does that make sense? And the protection yes. that that provides. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, people who talk about not wanting to have their kids vaccinated because kids' cases of COVID seem very, you know, modest, slight, you know, barely noticeable compared to those who are most vulnerable. What's your answer to folks like, you know, who, who are weighing that consideration before uh, encouraging or supporting their kids' decision to get, to get vaccinated? I think getting our kids vaccinated is one of the ways that we can get our kids back and into in-person learning, which I think everybody agrees is the best option for us if we can do it um, with minimal risk, then that's one of the ways, again, one of the tools that we have and, and the best tool. Um, yes, you're right that most children do well. There are going to be exceptions just like anything else, but most kids do well with COVID. They either have mild cases or they are not symptomatic at all. However, um, it's a fallacy to say that kids can't spread COVID. They can, they're not necessarily super spreaders like they may be with the flu, but like the rest of us, they can spread and especially older children. Um, so again, those are all reasons. As long as we have a proportion of the community who's not vaccinated or not immune, we're gonna continue to see spread in the community. So. Um, if nothing else, they, if they're not doing it for themselves, they may want to do it for grandpa or grandma or their loved one just to help, to help us and their neighbor prevent more cases in the community. Right. And I know that I, I think I saw it recently in, in the newspaper, you know, that you're recommending uh, that, you know, schools go ahead with masks. Uh, you know, similar recommendation came from the governor and Dr. Stack, I believe. Uh, but uh, have you been in contact with the superintendent's office? I know we have a brand new superintendent who's being forced to deal with this as like his number one first big decision. Uh, and I saw some video of people who showed up at the uh, the 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 first meeting there to, you know, rail for freedom, freedom, education, freedom. Uh, so their kids shouldn't have to wear masks to be free. Uh, but yeah, what's the, you know, what's your conversation look like there? Sure. Well, certainly these are tough decisions, but there've been a lot of tough decisions made in the last 18 months. Right. And we've all been through a lot in the last 18 months. 
unfortunately, the pandemic continues to evolve as we've been talking about for the last half hour or so. I mean, things are changing. There's always new, it's throwing us for new curves, right? Um, and that's what crafty, wily viruses do. I mean, you know, so that's part of it. But we are in contact. We've been for, for many months. Uh, we have regular meetings with uh, Dr. Ligans and his team. And of course, now he's part of that team. So we'll continue to do that. And we continue to share our best recommendations based on the best science that we know about uh, with that team. Wonderful. Well, uh, I, I, I think, you know, you've been incredibly generous with your time. I know do you think, Ken um, was do you think if people aren't, uh, so I'll go ahead and let him ask his question, Ken. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, um, I was wondering if uh, enough Kentuckians don't get vaccinated, do you think there's going to be a uh, Kentucky variant? Well, I don't can't predict that, Ken. Um, but what I will say is that when we continue, as we continue to have circulating virus, that's when variants um, pop up. So the more people who get infected, the more chances there are for variants of concern to occur. That's not just in Kentucky, that's worldwide because we're all humans, right? We're all susceptible to what other, whatever variants end up you know, circulating. So yes, that's, that's a possibility, but it's really humankind we all need to get vaccinated as a world and get immunity as a world if we want to see um, fewer variants occur. Right. That makes sense because they they basically arise as mutations within somebody who's been effect, infected. Absolutely. Uh, thanks again, Dr. Ambal. We really appreciate you sharing your expertise and your information with us. And we hope that everyone listen closely and uh, share this information with their neighbors uh, throughout the bluegrass and throughout Kentucky so we can be as safe as possible moving forward. All right. Thank you again. Take care. Thank now. you. Have Bye -bye. a great night. All right, so we're going to move on to our action events calendar, and uh, again, a big, big, big thanks to Dr. Humba there. But uh, so one thing that we've been mentioning uh, a few different times is the Let's Do This campaign, and we are a big fan of it. Uh, it is a campaign to get the city of Lexington and surrounding communities vaccinated. Uh, it's doing it through canvassing, so knocking on doors. If you want to join other community members for a neighborhood canvas, more information can be found uh, at lexdothis.nationbuilder.com. Uh, you can sign up to volunteer. I know their uh, canvas is happening in the next couple of weekends. So uh, really a great opportunity to let people know about pop-up vaccination clinics or where people can go to get vaccinated. Uh, I know it doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but I think it's a, a really great way to show, you know, show that you, you care about your community. By helping to get them uh, get them vaccinated and make sure folks are safe. So, uh, but if you're looking for a little more fun uh, in your activism, uh, we have got a wonderful event coming up this weekend. So thrilled to share with you. Uh, we want to make sure everyone knows about the fast approaching Kentucky Heartwood Music Festival. Uh, it's going to be this Saturday, July 31st, from three to ten, at the Millville Community Center. And we're really thrilled to bring on Progress Kentucky member Nate Orshan or NATO. Because uh, he's going to be performing. Uh, Nate, are you, you're pretty psyched to do some live music. Oh, yeah. Thanks so much for having me as a guest and uh, promoting Kentucky Heartwood Music Festival yes. this Saturday, July 13th in Millville. <laughs> and so if anyone's con confused, 
where is Millville? <laughs> right. <laughs> you basically, if you can find Frankfurt, you you can find Millville. You just go to Frankfurt, then bang a left, and it's the next town to the south of us. Basically, it's where. Um, Oh gosh, uh, Castle and Key Distillery is very fine distillery. It's just so you might uh, think you're in Frankfurt, but you're in Millville, right? Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's, it's so. I think it's. I'm not sure whether it's Franklin County or Woodford County, but uh, you know, uh, it's it's very close by. Um, cool. And they've got this um, this community center, the Millville Community Center, uh, that they've been holding this. Uh, this music festival and i think this is the 15th one but they missed last year so they can't really call it the 15th annual but you know 15th quasi annual uh, uh music annual with an asterisk or something you know? right exactly <laughs> like a like like someone's like pete rose's uh, sports record and and so what is kentucky heartwood it's it's a 501c3 nonprofit organization this is a big fundraiser for this great nonprofit. And and what they do is reading from their mission statement, they, they seek to protect and restore the integrity, stability and beauty of Kentucky's native forests and biotic communities through research, education, advocacy, and community engagement. They're so I think of them as like, they're like the Lorax of Kentucky, they speak for the Kentucky trees. And, you know, in fact, they've been around since 92. And they started out um, really working on issues pertaining to Daniel Boone, uh, National Forest, which we've all been to and, and loved dearly, but you know they they were concerned about logging and mining, uh, ATVs, you know, tearing stuff up. So they've been they've been advocating for uh, really a, a better natural uh, environment for for our natural parks and uh, and anything that's sort of wilderness. So that's, that's awesome. what yeah, I know. About. I've, you know, I've only lived in Kentucky for a few years, but the the reputation of Hartwood goes beyond Kentucky. I mean, they focus their energy on on the state, but they do uh, amazing work that's well recognized throughout the region as preeminent forest defenders. And uh, Denise Gray, you have been to the Daniel Boone National Forest because that's where the Red River Gorge is. Oh, uh, if you've been, been to there. Red River Gorge, you've been into the Daniel Boone National Forest uh it's uh, well i go places i just don't know where i am you know i go everywhere <laughs> I, uh, I stopped going because it was so busy i feel um, like giving it a, a break it is a popular spot for sure uh but it's a big national forest and there's lots of spots that are a little more off the beaten track uh for sure uh but you are part of this music festival because you know we know we know you uh and your musical prowess we listen to it the beginning and the end of every show uh but i you know i'm, I'm psyched that you're going to be recognized there by heartwood uh anyone else playing uh who are going to else we're going to hear when we we come out to this music festival so i'm one of two uh sort of featured acts adult acts you should say uh the second being a band native invaders who i know nothing about but uh they have a cool picture and i love the name <laughs> so they're going to be on i'm going to be on around five they're going to be on around i think seven forty-five, eight, if i got that right and and in between there's going to be um music competition for kids there's two separate ones let me just look get this right so at four, there's a music competition for the eight to 12 year olds. And at uh, six, there's a music competition for 13 to 18 year olds. Last I heard, they, they had a few uh, 
eight to 12 year olds, but it's not as many as they had hoped. So Lexington people, uh, if you have an eight to 12 year old with any musical talent and, and uh, you think it would be a good opportunity for them to get on stage and strut their stuff a little bit, uh, please come and, nice. and actually get in touch with them at uh, kyheartwood.org. Ky is Heartwood. it not eight to 18? I thought it was eight. I thought it... There's two segments, right? So yes, that's right. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, they, they, they divide it into two. So there's like an eight to 12 year old segment and then there's a 13 to 18, right? So all so... are welcome. Please no recorders. Uh, not <laughs> recorder music. Uh, but hey, your music, I'm a big fan of NATO. So oh. can you play us a song? Please. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, Let's I just go. happened. I just happened to have my guitar with me. You know, I'm always walking wow. around the house with it. It's just, you know, this is what I do. Making the coffee. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I hope somebody asked me to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> my whole life has been leading up to this moment. Um, so thank you. This is, um, this is going out to all the folks who, like me, are sort of watching these billionaires building rockets and rocketing themselves into outer space and thinking, oh, my goodness, we've got so much better use for your money here on Earth. What are you doing? Um, and so uh, this is uh, Stay in Your Spaceship. I'll get it one of these days. Here's the real song. I catch a ride through all the crises of my legendary generation. I have my airlock shut so tightly when the frightened news begins to scream. Are you afraid to see the face of your enemy? And are you breaking every mirror as a remedy? When every family on a planet's in flames, you won't wait inside. Don't say that you'll pay for your ride. Don't stay in your spaceship and Every need demands a needle, every habit wants my satisfaction. But what I got won't get me stopped in any clinic or a 12-step scene. Are you afraid to see the face of your enemy? And are you breaking every mirror as a remedy? When every family on a planet's in flames, you won't wait inside. Don't say that you'll pay for that ride. Don't stay in your spaceship and hide. Oh, can't hear the of 
My neighborhood's incendiary random Madmen Can't see the pistols or the prisons When I'm passing through the stratosphere This is the instant I awaken like an infant to the revelation. I am surrounded in this land of stranded astronauts all strapped in cockpits, lost and disparate in a spaced age. of your enemy and are you breaking every mirror as a remedy when every family on a planet's in flames you won't wait inside don't say that you'll pay for that ride you know you can't pay for your ride don't stay in your space and the 15th edition of the Kentucky Heartwood Music Festival is scheduled for Saturday, July 31st. 3 p.m. to 10 p.m., rain or shine. The festival features a youth talent contest, art exhibitors, children's activities, workshops, and original bands like our friend NATO. More information NATO. can be found at KentuckyHeartwood.org. Thanks for the song, Nate. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity, and we'll see everyone in Millville Saturday, 3 o'clock. Awesome. Uh, so, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, next week on Kernels of Truth, we're going to have Doug Price is Right. Uh, and he is going to be doing a deep dive into Toyota's campaign cash and the Sedition Caucus, well-timed as the January 6th congressional hearings continue in Washington, D.C. Progress Kentucky is a nonprofit organization registered with the Kentucky Secretary of State, organized as a 501c4. We are affiliated with the Indivisible Project and the Commonwealth Alliance Voter Engagement, or CAVE. Progress Kentucky's goal is to educate, organize, increase voter turnout, and advance a progressive agenda through civic engagement. More information can be found at progresskentucky.org about how to volunteer and support ongoing efforts. Production services and media content are provided by Couchfire Media. Couchfire Media ignites multi-camera, live stream, fiction, narrative, non-fiction, educational, informative, animation, and commercial video product con content. Woo! More information about Couchfire Media can be found at www.couchfiremedia.com. Uh, check out our uh, co-host, Kimberly Cecil Jones, other efforts. The Jones Report is a weekly live national local news talk and conversation show that occurs every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Hosted by Mike Breuer, Betsy Foster, and our own Kimberly Cecil Jones. The Jones Report radio program can be found on Facebook at The Jones Report Radio. And as always, thank you, Nate, for the theme songs. 
can find more information and music at natosongs.com and hear him play live Saturday. He'll be going on at about five. Uh, and this is WLXU 93.9 LPFM Radio Lex Lexington, the voice of the people. The views expressed on Progress Kentucky's Kernels of Truth and our guests are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex or its board of directors. The views expressed on Progress Kentucky's Kernels of Truth are our own. If you miss our weekly show on Radio Lex, don't worry. Live video casts, content, and source links can be found on Facebook and YouTube. Well, YouTube sometimes. Uh, audio podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and others by searching Progress Kentucky. Links to all our media platforms can be found at progresskentucky.org. Once again, thank you so much, folks, for tuning in. If you stayed all the way to the end of these credits, uh, you know, kudos. Who knows? You deserve a star. A gold star for that. We love you for it. Uh, Are we supposed to do something nice for somebody? It's it's it's. Let's do something nice for somebody. That's what Kimberly does. I I I just do mean things for people. Uh, You know, Kimberly's that's Kimberly's take. You know, that's what she does. She's not here. She's not here. So it's you know the wolves are eating their own without. So this 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 week we're all supposed to be mean to people. No. Live your kidding. best life every you you. single day and you wear do a mask. You can. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm uh, going to wear a mask. Wear a mask and uh, <laughs> treat others how you would like to be treated. But wear we'll a mask. Kimberly back next week, and she'll bring her own uh, unique uh, Kimberlyisms. Um, yes, Kimberlyisms. Um, wear a mask. I will say this: if you're still watching, uh, thank you very much for your patience, <laughs> uh, and we appreciate your ongoing attention. Oh, let me sit up. Uh, are we still live? We we are. Nobody said play the credits. I think we should play the credits. I, I can think totally we should. Do I just read the credits? Like, wasn't that what you did? What I-